Welcome back to the Heads in the Game podcast. It has been too long. There is way too much to talk about to possibly condense it into a single episode, probably a mini series for that. But today we've got Turner back, the original duo, to break down what has been an incredibly hectic summer opening for match days of the tournament um, of the season, not tournament. Uh, <laughs> the beginning of the Champions League tournament and group stages coming up this week and a whole host of other football action across the pond. Now, Turner, I know that it has been a quite interesting start of the season to you. And I want to start off with a, you know, big storyline. Arsenal made a lot of moves in the summer transfer window, trying to plug some holes today. A few of them were on display with, um, Kamiyasu starting, Ramsdale starting, White starting, Odegaard starting, and Arsenal finally got their first goal and win of the Premier League season. You know, I know you've got probably a lot to say about this, but I just want to start off with, you know, how was it watching these new signings? Like, is there a reason for optimism? I feel like is the eternal question, but talk to me about it. We're out of the relegation zone. That's all I can say. Uh, Jesus. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a tough start. Um, I think we've definitely played some pretty, I mean, other than Brentford, some two of the probably favorites. So I think uh, it was tough to tell how, what, what this team was going to, is going to look like the season off of those first three games, but, but still not good performances in the slightest at, like at, at all. Um, I thought, yeah, you're right. All I think was it all five? Could all five of them? We had six signings this summer. Um, uh, Tavares didn't play, but other than that, because Lacongo was also starting. Uh, okay. So I think that's uh right because White. Yeah. Uh, so we had five of them out there, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of money this summer. I think that's the one thing that changes the narrative around this season is usually there's a complaint of us not spending thus there's always like a uh you know the owners or someone other than the manager to blame essentially for our mediocrity um but uh yeah today we got to see them all in action and, and it was a pretty bad game uh the only positive was that statistically we dominated in terms of yeah i think it's the first time in two years it's first First or second time under Arteta in the Premier League that we've registered over 25 shots. Uh, not not even on target. We're just talking shots. So um, that that that's promising. But still, one goal against an awful. Nor- I mean, it was a 19th place team versus a 20th uh, team in the Premier League. One zero is kind of the bare minimum. Um, I thought Tomiyasu looked good. Uh, uh, I thought Tomiyasu looked assured uh, and is more of a defensive role. And I, I liked how Arteta played today with kind of a three at the back with Ainsley playing a right wing back uh, and then kind of going to the midfield when need be. But at when we're, when we're de- defending, having five at the back essentially with Tomiyasu as a right center back, which is kind of what he played at Bologna. Um, so I like that idea, essentially replacing Calm Chambers' role. Uh, and he looks he looks fine, but again, I don't know. I think what's hard for a lot of Arsenal fans is it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of the marquee signing has been White, and he's honestly looked like the worst out of out of out of the rest in terms of 
Just uh, he had he had one that Brentford game. I mean, we haven't talked in so long, but he had he got turned by I forget it wasn't Tony. It was like one of the other attackers and just gave up on. It just was like the most upsetting sight uh, on top of an awful night to see you know fifty million pound center back essentially you know lose all hope for defending. So I'm not too psyched about him. He looked fine today. I think Gabrielle and him will be an interesting partnership. Um, the team looked the team looked good, but again, it was just a bad team, and we gotta be like, you just can't be like. Pookie had a chance at the very end if Gabriel hadn't uh, blocked the shot, it would have been one one. And then you know what what would have happened after that, Chaz? Can you imagine the onslaught? Um, so uh, look, Arteta's far from uh, fully convincing a lot of Arsenal fans, but today was a must win, and you just gotta we did I guess win. Um, but one goal, and if you watch the goal, like, uh, just a scratch, just, I don't know, the whole thing is just like, Jesus, uh, we clearly uh, aren't aren't at our best. Um, but, yeah, hopefully Burnley next week will be maybe another guaranteed three points, and then Spurs after that will be really, I think, the, the real test. Um, so, yeah, tough start to the season, but... Uh, Jeez, yeah, a lot of money. I just feel, I don't know. I think a lot of Arsenal fans feel like, other than White and Odegaard, we just signed three, three or four potential like subs. Like Ramsdale wasn't really seen as a starter. Lakonga wasn't seen as a starter. Tomiyasu, yeah, Tavares is not going to be a starter. So more just like there wasn't a marquee, like a it was White. But we, I think all of us kind of wanted that. Like Odegaard signing is that, but. Because we had them last season, it doesn't feel anything like anything new. It just feels like you know, just the same team as last year. So I don't know. That's kind of like the sentiment. Um, it's just not. I don't wish we had gotten like Awar instead of Tomiyasu. Not that Tomiyasu isn't a good signing, but someone like that just to kind of get you know a new creative uh, role would be would have been what I would have done. But yeah, uh, we'll see. And what um, we do is also like you know a lot of frustration at stagnation and sort of feeling that. You know, I think, you know, a lot of complaints about Arteta was that there was this opening period where there was a lot of optimism about his appointment. There's the, you know, victory against United. Um, and, you know, I think it was late 2019, maybe early, like it was, I think it was the match day after Boxing Day or maybe even the one after that, like early. But there's a lot of optimism around Arsenal. And, you know, now, as you said, he's got the signings. He's... You know, got the players that he wanted. What do you think? Like, how, how much leeway are you going to give Arteta in the future? You know, how, you know, do does he need a result against Tottenham? Does he need a result? Does he need to get, you know, top six? Do you, what do you think is, you know, the, you know, the red line in the sand for Arteta's future at the club? I mean, I, I think he has to get a result against Spurs, but I don't think, I think as long as he beats Burnley, or in terms of the next two matches, like I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal didn't stack and if he tied Burnley and tied up Tottenham. Or like, um, so I, I, yeah, I just think uh, he's clearly been given a lot of leeway. The problem with these signings is they're all young. So I think the board has basically also justified them not even thinking about sacking him because of the time, like basically by investing in young players, they're saying that Arteta's part of this, like bringing these young players up to speed Thus, like if the young players need time, so does Arteta because, you know, and it, it, it's not wrong in terms of if we get a new manager right now, like the manager's gonna be like, these aren't my players. I didn't want these players. And you know what I mean? It's just like then you just wasted 140 million on 
So I don't know. I, like I'm definitely, I don't like Ertz at all. I don't think he's the answer. But I stacking him without a plan, I just don't. I, I don't know. And that's not an ex, like that. It just feels like that. It'll lead to like you know like a four like a month of maybe a response and us playing well, and then we'll just kind of like the manager be like, or you know these aren't my players, and then we have to just spend more. It just so I'm not I'm not I don't think it, I I don't think I can wait another year of eighth to tenth, but um they're probably gonna give them it. I wouldn't be surprised. So I don't know. What do you think about the the whole role? Don't you agree that like uh I mean he's really out of his depth, but like is sign you know is it, unless like Conte is here and the board are like committed to spending like another eighty million to get a Conte player in the winter transfer. Like what what's the point? You know what I mean? No, I totally see that. And I think it's also, you know, I think what has happened at Arsenal over the last year is uh, maybe two years now is sort of this, you know, cycle of, I think he's very clearly, you know, he might be a good, I just don't really see what Arteta is great at. And I think that the team has really struggled to have a tactical identity. And, you know, there was the phase in which you guys were crossing about 30 times a game. And then there was the phase in which you were trying to play sort of Man City style and then trying to counterattack and just sort of feels like this endless search for the right option has resulted in no good options. And at the same time, it's, you know, it's also pretty clear that he's not a fantastic man manager. You know, the Maitland-Nile situation over the summer was, you know, just really poorly handled. Obviously, you know, Obama has been in and out of the team. And it's really, you know, I think you use the word, you know, shambles a lot just in text. And it's like, it really is. And it's, you know, you see a, you know, proud footballing institution that is totally devoid of identity and is really struggling. You know, it is, you know, games against Norwich and Burnley are important games now. And that is a pretty dramatic fall from grace. Totally. Totally. So what do you, uh, how to, you want to talk about Chelsea start of the season? What do you, how are you feeling about your, your I mean, you know, I want to talk about Chelsea start of the season. Yeah. I think that there were three positions, you know, I think that there were four potential areas of improvement over the summer. And I talked about it, you know, we chatted last, but, you know, I think you know, defensive depth, wing back depth, midfield depth and a starting striker and of course the biggest signing of the you know summer for Chelsea was Lukaku and it comes in from Inter Milan who are having their own serious financial problems and it returns to Chelsea you know 10 years after he originally signed and it, it truly a, like you know a real game changer of a signing you know he's looked exactly what you need you need you know the goal scoring threat linking up play more versatile than you know Tammy Abraham, who I am delighted to see is you know killing shit in Rome. But you know it's really and you know just today is a great example is you know Chelsea did not play particularly well, but they won three 0 and a lot of that is you know Lukaku's finishing ability. I think you know the other signing of the window was Saul from Atletico Madrid on a one year loan. He looked really bad today. And, you know, I think it was, you know, was uh, yeah, first half, that was rough. But, you know, I think it's also, you know, it's a tough test. Villa, I will say, to give him credit, looked great. Um, yeah, they're, they're good. You know, I think Jalen Ramsey looked, not Jalen Ramsey, what's Jacob Ramsey? Yeah, I, I say Jalen too. It's a J-A. It's Jacob. Yeah, I'm thinking about the football player. 
but Jalen Ramsey looked great. You know, he's younger than us, which is terrifying. But, you know, he had a really frustrating first half. And I think you really saw the difference in Jorginho when he came on second half. And I have not always been a you know, big fan of Jorginho, but he's really changed his game in the past year and a half to be, you know, even more composed on the ball and just a vital part of Chelsea. And it looked great. And so, and the last thing is obviously there wasn't a new wingback signing. You know, Akimi went to PSG, but defensive depth was found internally. You know, Chalaba got, uh, came back from loan and it looked great, you know, easily. I think definitely starting quality for a mid table Premier League side right now and certainly rotational quality for Chelsea and a lot of room to grow, to grow. You know, I don't think that there's like a major weakness in Chelsea's team. I think, you know, the options on the bench, I think they've looked great. And, you know, I would be very disappointed if Chelsea were not in a title race this year. And I think that there are a lot of other very strong teams. I think, you know, obviously United made some very interesting piece of business this year. Uh, Man City are, you know, super strong, but I think Chelsea are, you know, in my view, probably, like probably favorites or second favorites, um, you know, winning the Champions League last year with a weaker squad. Um, it's, it's really doing good. What have you thought of Chelsea's, you know, start of the season and sort of the emergence of Lukaku? I mean, that Arsenal game was, I, I will say, uh, look, we clearly lost and we were, we, we, I, I felt we were, I thought we, we didn't play too bad against Chelsea. I, 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 we, you know, uh, the, the both goals were pretty ridiculous in terms of uh, how easy they were, especially the Reese James one. But um, I, I thought Arsenal did, weren't. I don't know. I, I don't know. I really wasn't. I still thought we were in that game potentially, especially if maybe that we got a little bit of luck with that penalty call. But uh, yeah, Lukaku was ridiculous. Uh, that like him against Mari was like like just not even. It was boys against men. Um, so, uh, I, Lukaku's gonna change his everything. I think, yeah, the squad depth is just scary. Uh, when you think about the fact that like Mason Mount didn't even play today, uh, and what pool, I mean, Pulisic maybe is he, what is Pulisic's injury real quick? Did you, did, what was the, did he get, how long is he out for? Uh, the American yeah, let me look this up. And I, I just didn't but anyway, like, yeah, Pulisic, I guess, is out right now. But uh, injury. So, like, not anything super serious. Yeah, I just feel like Chelsea's scary because, again, Tuchel has, like, completely reinvigorated useless players uh, like Jorginho. But, I mean, the fact that I saw Marcus Alonso with a captain arms, armband on today at some point is, like, testament to the fact that a player who – it was almost memed. I mean, you know, as an Arsenal fan, we have to caveat it with he's, you know, he's on top of being a murderer. He, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he, yeah, he had no real career to, to speak of. Well, you know, un, under Conte, he was, he was nice. But point is, just another player who was, who's god awful uh, uh, under Lampard and a couple of years ago and now is really found his game and, and is playing an important role in that, in that side. So yeah, it's, uh, it's scary. It honestly feels like Chelsea really can't play a foot wrong. Um, it doesn't seem like anything other than, yeah, like a Reese James handball uh, can like set you guys, uh, you know, or from 
just completely dominating. Um, oh, that was a, that was a frustrating. That was a frustrating game. But like, come on, dude! Like it was a frustrating game, but your team literally, like, at away from home, completely nullified like yeah. one of the greatest backs. Like, like, I don't know. I would have been psyched about that. I mean, like, of course, it's an awesome oh, yeah. time, but even a contender, like, that was so f- impressive. Like everything about that was just so impressive. Like you guys could have won the game potentially uh, if, you know, I, I just like, like, yeah, uh, annoying call, but I thought that was pretty impressive and then I, I just like yeah when you with like how how Chelsea's run and then when you have academy players making up coming up to I mean what you guys made it was like 130 million uh worth of sales yeah, this off season. So. yeah Is that, 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 that correct? yeah I think it was like yeah 130 million dollars something like that yeah. anyway um crazy so um, yeah, yeah, no, Chelsea are going to be ridiculous think, this season. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, they the academy, start. yeah, sorry. The academy thing is an interesting thing because I think that there have been struggles, especially like, you know, I think a lot of players in the academy system thought that Lampard was going to be a, you know, really positive thing for young players. And, you know, obviously he was promoting a lot of people uh, into the first team. And then that sort of progress stalled under Tuchel. So, you know, you, we lost people like Livermento, you know, obviously Tariq Lamptey left under Lampard. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of players that, you know, could have a shot in, but didn't. But I think the sort of economic machine that Chelsea turned out, it's a very efficient club currently. Um, and yeah, it's... It, Just it, selling players for yeah, exactly. value. Yep. You know, getting yeah. 40 million for Tammy Abraham, who wasn't getting any game time last year under Tuchel. There's a lot of great deal. 40 for Tamori, 25 for Guayhi. I mean, like, it just like goes on and on. You can't get anything for Guendouzi, nothing for, like, give me, it just, uh, I don't know. I think just because, I think it's the attitude. I think Arsenal are known to be weak when it comes to sales, and Chelsea aren't, so they get top price. Anyway, so yeah, uh, much as I hate to say it, I hate Chelsea, but uh, yeah, they're looking da- they're looking just dangerous, and and they deserve to be dangerous because they handle their business you know correctly, and they're a well-run club. So, um, geez, anyway, <laughs> I sound like a Chelsea fan, uh, but uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting start to the season. How are you feeling about Man U, Chaz, uh, specifically with their latest addition? Um, how is CR7 going to fare this season? If we, we saw just a glimpse at what I think we're both terrified of. Yeah, and I mean, it's such an absurd signing to try to analyze, right? Like, you know, I don't think anyone expected Ronaldo. You know, it's for like so long, it's been like oh, the myth about Ronaldo, like that he's going to come back to the Premier League. And, you know, 10, you know, 12 years on from leaving, he's back. I think there are a couple of things that are true. One, he's undoubtedly an upgrade on their offensive scheme. Like, he scored twice today. He's going to score a shit ton of goals this year. You know, he is, you know, one of, if not the greatest goal scorer that's ever lived. He still has got it, even though, even if he might not be, you know, a great all-around player in a team system, like, you know, in terms of pressing, in terms of being involved in movement, He's still a great goal scorer. I do think, though, 
that it is not what if you know there was a signing in the world that United needed to make to become one of Europe's best teams again. I don't think this was that sign. I don't think a goal scorer was what they needed. I think that they, you know, very clearly have, you know, a serious problem in the midfield. Um, it, you know, just today, you know, you at the same time that you've got players, you know, you've got Sancho, you've got Ronaldo, you've got Greenwood, you've got Bruno Fernandez. Um, you know, you are starting Nermanja Matic, who his prime, you know, was like six years ago. He's 33. He can barely run. And, you know, obviously he was a quality player on his day, but there is like a pretty significant drop off in that one specific position. And I think you lose a lot by not having like a great, well, like a great player there. You know, the other side of this is also, you know, the sort of shadow of continued, you know, the rape allegations against Ronaldo um you know he signs and becomes the highest paid player in the premier league what's this going to do for united's dressing room but at the end of the day you know i think you're taking your moral eye out of it that's you know they got one of the best players in the world and you know they the prodigal son has returned 12 years on um i'm very interested to see he's going to take free kicks and like you know, because statistically, it really should be Bruno and it should not be Ronaldo. But I don't think Ronaldo is one to turn down the opportunity. Uh, but, you know, when you, you know, Pogba's on eight assists already this season, this team's really clicking. And I think it's going to be very hard. I think it'd be very interesting to see how they develop. I think that they are one midfield injury away from total disaster. Um, but just attacking options are just absurd. Like, you know. Rashford's coming back from injury. You've got Lingard, you've got Martial, you've got Van de Beek on the bench, and then you've got Greenwood, Fernandez, Sancho, and Ronaldo. So, and Fernandez, I mean, his goal today was just, oh, like, just absurd. Uh, I mean, he, <laughs> absurd. He's another animal. Uh, what do you think is sort of a realistic, you know, goal for United this year? Like, do you think that they, you know, that there's a chance of them winning the title? I mean, I totally agree. I think if they had spent the money on Ronaldo, well, I guess it was a lot. I mean, the fact that Ronaldo was what? It was reported it's only like 20 million pounds. Like, it wasn't that much. Like, his wages are probably ridiculous. But um, more that, yeah, uh, Basuma, and I would have been like, geez, uh, especially with how well Greenwood started the season. Like, they have a they have an out-and-out striker there. He is ridiculous. So, um I think Basuma would have helped them a lot more in terms of becoming a complete team. But I mean, as they've been doing these past two years, if, if you just keep scoring the defensive record, while at times it's shaky, like they're, they're just slotting like four or five past most teams. Um, so I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it has to be it. They have to be title contenders this year in terms of the amount they spent. But to be fair, like Sancho doesn't look like he's that you know, influential in terms of making things happen. And I think that's also partly because of how many influential players they have in that team. It, it, he just seems like another addition to just what is like a ridiculous attack. So I think like the pressure on him is a little unfair because like he doesn't even get on the ball as much as like, like you mean, he's just not their central playmaker. Um, so yeah, I, 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 
And Varane also, from what I've seen, is just like how we always was at Madrid, where like, no offense, but like, I always thought of Varane as like a great player, but just kind of always there and did his job, but nothing special. Like, you would never note it. Unlike Van Dyke or other class center backs, like, I feel like I just never really noticed him. And that was why he was good, was because he just was doing what he had to do and was very solid. But now that, of course, that's an upgrade on Link, uh, Lindelof. I'm just, I just, I don't know. I think, I think, man, you're going to be great this year, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just feel like if it's not fighting for first place, then what's the point? You mean like what's uh how how what what is realistic goal? So to me, a crazy season. City look ridiculous uh, as always, uh, and you know the fact that the fact that Pep because I don't know if you want to transition, but the fact that Pep yeah, can get well, Ferentore to be like a center forward just immediately like that shit is what pisses me off, Chaz. Just that like. <laughs> Like a player who's just like kind of average, and not that he's like, you know, he played like to be fair, like his goal. When you play with that city team, like your goals don't even have to be that special. You mean it's just they're just you just have to be in the right place at the right time and get and just have really quick feet and have a have an eye for a pass or or a goal. But I don't know that city team gets like it feels like no one has off days. Everyone's just special, uh, and yeah, that, that's been frustrating. That for Torres is. Uh, just popped in at striker and done better than Jesus. So um, I don't know. City are going to be tough. I, just like, and then I mean, what do you think of Spurs' start to the season with their before today, which was a pretty impressive start for Nuno, especially with that opening day win against City. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Spurs are a very interesting team right now. Obviously, there was the whole um, you know Harry Kane drama of the season that I think was not handled particularly well by Harry Kane. You know, I think that, you know, if you're going to make that sort of a fuss, you need to know that they're going to come get you. And it seemed that there was, you know, I obviously we don't know the actual assurances that were made, who told who what. But it definitely yeah. seemed that Harry Kane's position was the wrong one, that, you know, sort of being like, let me leave. And Tottenham, I think, do their credit say yeah if they give us 130 million which you know is the same thing that um villa did with grealish villa sat down with grealish on his new contract and said hey you know we know that you want to play champions league football we know you probably want to fight for you win a trophy sign this deal if we get a bid that's good we'll take it and that and a good bid to them was 100 million and they took it. And, you know, I don't think that City ever were going to spend it on both. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, City at one point or another in the transfer window were rumored to be getting either Messi or Ronaldo or Harry Kane and got neither, got none of the three. And obviously that, you know, they need, they might need some goal scoring production this year. The Ferran Torres thing I think is very true. And I just think that, you know, for Tottenham on the other side of this, you know, without Sun, they looked horrible. Um, I do not understand Harry Winks as a player. I think that he's very clearly not cut out for this level. I think they did make some good business. Skip. I also don't think – I don't rate Skip. I don't rate Skip either. I, I just think that, you know, at least with Skip, though, there is the potential that, like, he could improve the man. You know, the kid's 20. He's younger than us. Kara Wiggs has sort of been at the same middling level for so long. 
that I just don't see a convincing argument for including him in the side. And at the same time, you know, I think that, you know, Hoiberg had a tough summer, like a obviously very talented player, played very well for Denmark, but, you know, was given it his all. I do really like the Emerson Royale signing um, from Barcelona. Uh, yeah, I think obviously better than Aurier. And then a lot of I'll say about today. Tottenham is, what'd you say? Sorry. You had a tough time today, but yeah. You did have a tough that time. Was, didn't help that Tanganga got sent off, um, but continue, continue. Yeah, did have a tough time. And, uh, you know, and also, you know, Zaha is one of the most tough attackers to play in the Premier League. You know, he's, yeah. uh, it's a tough, it's a tough task and it's a tough way to make your debut. The one weird thing about Tottenham is, you know, what the fuck is going on with Ndombele? Um <laughs> Yeah, this guy, I, I, I think like it is probably, it is certainly true that he had some attitude problems or some training problems because there's no way that three managers would reach the same conclusion. Um, but also like why you no know, one move it, 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 very strange situation because on his day, he's brilliant. He's re- clearly very talented and the whole situation makes no sense to me. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I mean, look, it's been a interesting start to the season. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, then we have yet to talk about like a couple of star standouts, but I don't even know if like just Antonio's incredible start, but then also his red card today. Uh, Everton have looked good. Um, Villa have, have impressed, but, but not, you know, so much Brentford have really been good defensively. There have been some interesting storylines, um, but uh, I think we should definitely uh, briefly just talk about these uh, Champions League groups um, and make sure we we uh, and just just you know go through them um, as I'm pulling them up. So I think everyone when the when they were being drawn out, uh, uh, everyone was excited about. Uh, the first group, Group oh. A, uh, which easy has wins. easy wins for Club Rouge in here. This is the group of death and Club Rouge. Um, you know, I think obviously PSG <laughs> signing Messi, signing Wijnaldum, Akimi, Donna Ruma, um, just absolutely absurd business over the summer yep and you know this is a very challenging group even for them city are obviously one of europe's best teams leipzig were one of europe's best teams and have looked very weird recently and i think part of that is because Bayern took their coach star center back and star midfielder (laughs) star Uh, everything yeah which is just sort of like like what? Well, like well, literally, what's the fucking point? Beat them four-one today just to rub it in. So, uh, you know, it's 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 a real tough one. Um, but you know, they still have got very talented players. You know, they signed Andre Silva over the summer. They Shabashlai is fit and healthy. They're a very talented team. Club Rouge, I feel very bad for. Um, which of course means they're going to get like a result or something because it always happens. But I'm very excited. Um, I, you want to do predictions about who makes it out of this, about out of each group? Yeah, I mean, it has to be 
City and PSG. Yeah. I, I'll go for, I feel like City will get first um, over PSG. I feel like PSG are not going to flop, but I, I, I think they'll get like a, they'll like tie Leipzig away or something uh, and City will, will dominate. Um, what about you? And then in third place, I guess Leipzig. Yeah, Bruges is definitely last. I'll go City, PSG, Leipzig. Yep, uh, I will echo those. I think that is my prediction as well. We're moving on to Group B. Um, Milan, great, great, another great group. I mean, I love the Champions League. Milan returning to the Champions League after a very lengthy, I think, seven-year absence. Atletico Madrid uh, signed Griezmann from Barcelona. Prodigal Son has returned alongside Rodrigo de Paul. Um, still got Luis Suarez. Uh, Marcus Lorente is in great form along. Um, you know, Kieran Trippier is also weirdly very good for Atletico Madrid, which will forever be weird. Liverpool, um, Roberto Firmino is on the mend, but will not feature this week. And then Porto, um, always a very weird bogey team in the Champions League. Um, any matchups in here that you're really looking forward to, Turner? I like Milan. I think Milan will be an interesting team to, to watch this season in Syria. I think they can they can do they can do well. Uh, I was trying to remember what did you say? Giroud is back. You know, I I'm just back. I think tomorrow is a good signing. Um, I think they're a fun team to watch. I really like Kessie. Um, so I, mean, I think Kessie is an incredible player. Yeah, they'll 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 have some good matches. I'm excited to watch like Liverpool Milan is just such a classic Champions League draw. Um, so. And then, yeah, Griezmann and, and uh, DePaul at Atletico will be fun. So we'll see how, how they get on. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go uh, – so I'm going to go – I'll go maybe a shocker. I'll go I'll, – I'll go in order that it's presented to us. Mil, not Milan first. Atletico first, Milan, Liverpool third. Liverpool have a shocker. They go out early. Oh, I'm going to go – Liverpool, Atletico, Milan, Porto. I I think Milan are good. I don't know if they're great. And I don't know how willing, you know, I think that, you know, they also signed Mike Minon from Lille over the summer. I think they're a very good team, but I think they do have some holes that are going to be hard to patch. So, but okay. I hope I'm wrong. I, I love a good Milan comeback story. Yeah. Well, Group C, I mean, there's a cl- I feel like it was a pretty classic Champions League draw where there's some really insane groups. And then there's certain groups like Group C where not that Ajax, Dortmund, Besiktas, and Sporting aren't all individual powerhouses of their own countries, but no real true uh, European giant. But Besiktas just got uh, Pjanic and, uh, and they also got, what's his name, Bacuai, yep. who linked up today for a goal. Uh, and uh, so they might be a fun team to watch. Ajax are always interesting. Uh, look out for their their Brazilian winger Anthony is a really special player. Um, and uh, Dortmund, I mean, today's game against Leverkusen was insane. Holland scoring two goals is almost as predictable as uh, you know Biden messing up a speech. Uh, it's uh, it's <laughs> I don't know. That was a weird analogy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it sounds a little bit like right-wing radio soccer podcast. But, yeah, but, uh, it doesn't know. have anything to do with my political views, but uh, just felt 
like <laughs> the most obvious thing maybe potentially all right this isn't scripted um but uh sporting clearly sporting is an interesting team uh but I, I don't think they'll they'll have too much to say i feel like dortmund and ix will do well in this group Chaz, what do you think yeah i, I agree i you know i think obviously erling holland gets 95 percent of the praise obviously you know gio reyna is also on dortmund uh, but you know, the player that stands out every time I watch Dortmund is Jude Bellingham, who is so good and really the future of England's midfield. Um, plays incredibly, very well poised. Caught a beer that was thrown at him today with, you know, ex- exceptional accuracy. Looking like he would be much better than Cody Bellinger on the Dodgers. But um, I, I, yeah. I think Dortmund are going to win this group. I, I do think Ajax in second is a good shout. They've got some, you know, Sebastian Allaire uh, from West, signed from West Ham last year, and they forgot to register him for the Europa League, so he didn't play in Europe last year. Uh, but he's, I presume, registered properly this year. Um, Davi Klaas yeah. looked amazing for the Netherlands over the international break, uh, which obviously just concluded, um, and I think is a great player. There's a, they're a very good team. I think, you know, obviously that they are a team that has to recycle so much talent and generate it in new ways, you know, because you lose, you know, you, they, you, they lose a lot of players, like very often, you know, obviously, you know, that De Jong, Ziyech, uh, Van de Beek, a DeLitt year, you know, none of those stars are there, but Tadic is still there. Dele Blind is still there. They still have sort of the squad depth. And I think that they are... In my eyes, you know, I just I don't like picking Turkish teams in the Champions League. Just like I think that they are good for a bogey win, but not much else. But uh, I think knocking out on you—that's what they're good for. Yeah, exactly. You know, Mbappé doesn't are good. You know, Alex Xhiera, uh is on them now. Pjanic, obviously, uh, but Shwai, they do have some talented players. But I, I think it's going to be uh, Dortmund. Ajax and Besiktas are to sporting the champions of Portugal, but I don't see it. Yep. Um, now, Group D, uh, possibly the most fascinating group. Uh, look out for an article soon on this group. Uh, but uh, you got the two heavyweights of Inter Milan and Real Madrid. And then you have the U- Eastern Ukrainian Shakhtar Donetsk and the I don't even know if I can say Moldovan. Uh, Moldovan is probably not the right word. Uh, the de facto state, Sheriff Tiraspol, making, um, I, 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 you know, basically uh, shocking everyone uh, and, and making it to the Champions League. Uh, so uh, I don't think they'll, they'll, they'll serve as much competition for Inter Real, but Shakhtar versus Sheriff is going to be a crazy game. Um, if uh, anyone has any way to get to Tiraspol to Transnistria for that game, that'll be that'll be intense. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a crazy group. I don't really think Shakhtar Sheriff really have any chance, but um, I'm still intrigued to see how uh, the Sheriff Ultras treat uh, the you know the, the the incomers from Madrid and the. Uh, the Italian away fans. So um, that'll be, there'll be some fun games to watch there, but uh, yeah, I think Inter, Inter and Real will, will, will be pretty clear in, in their uh, handling of that group. What do you think, Chess? 
Yeah, I mean, it's weird, you know, second year in a row that Real Madrid, Inter Milan, and uh, Shakhtar are in the same group. Um, obviously, Borussia Mönchengladbach was in there with them last year, and it was a great group, went down to last day. Um, I think, you know, Inter are obviously a very, in a very weird place right now. They were able to keep Lautaro Martinez. They lost Antonio Conte. They lost Akimi. They lost Lukaku. They lost Ericsson, who we don't know if he'll ever play for Inter again. Um, but at the same time, they still have people like Nico Barella. Uh, they still have a lot of talent in that team. You know, yeah. Real Madrid also in a weird spot. You know, they don't. Uh, the big news for them is they don't get Mbappe. Uh, Kareem Benzema is still playing out of his mind. They signed Camavinha from Ren, who is good, but probably not great. And I don't know if he's the answer for them, but you know, clearly like a very deep team on paper, those two teams should go through, but you know, I, and, you know, Shakhtar, as you know, are not the strongest iteration of themselves they've ever been. Um, they still have players. I think, you know, this Lucina Traore signing is a pretty good one from Ajax. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just don't know if they will be able to challenge. So I think I'm probably going to go Real Inter to just be lame and not pick any favorite. Totally. Um all right, and then Group E, another uh, classic with Bayern and Barca getting drawn together. And uh, Dinamo fans will, again, be frustrated that they're in the same group as Barcelona uh, second year in a row. Um, but, uh, yeah, with Benfica as well, we'll have Yadamchuk playing uh, his fellow national team, essentially, <laughs> for uh, two games. So uh, that'll be interesting. Um, but... Uh, yeah, no, they're gonna, this, I think there's going to be some fun groups. Benfica are a fun team to watch. Uh, they've been playing some good football, especially with Yadam Chuk and Rafa really combining, but I don't think there'll be really any match with Bayern. I, I like this Barcelona squad. They get a lot of shtick, but I think they're pretty fun to watch. I really like the kids, uh, and I think they had a really good summer in terms of financially kind of trying to figure it out post-Messi. Uh, and, I, and I honestly think like Messi was just gonna be a burden for them to to figure out. I mean, of course, like of course, I think it would have been nice for him to spend his entire career there. But uh, his wages, I think, are gonna let Barcelona have a little bit more freedom in these um, upcoming years. But they still got a lot of <laughs> debt they gotta work out. Point being, um, I like the young squad that Barcelona continues to to put out. And then you throw these random veterans in there, like Luke De Jong just signing, uh, Depay. Uh, and some other just weird kind of weapons. But, um, uh, yeah, I think Bayern comfortably wins this group. And then Barcelona and Benfica uh, come next. I, I think Dinamo's team is just too too young. Uh, Zabarni and Mikolenko have looked pretty poor in, in these recent Ukraine games. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, you know, especially with what Rodriguez uh, leaving, um, I don't know if Shaparenko and, and Sigankov can, you know, essentially lead this team to greater feeds, even though they did pretty well against Barcelona last year. You got to give them that. Um, so we'll see. I think it'll, it'll be a big test, but uh, I just think they, I don't think they'll get it, make it out of the, the group or to the Europa League. What do you think, Chaz? Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm going to be a little less, you know, up on Barca. I think a few things. First of all, they clearly have some extremely talented players. You know, they're staking in net. They've got some good options at center back, Jordi Alba at left back, Dest at right back. Uh, Frankie De Jong is an unbelievable player in my book. Like, you know, I think he's a great player and alongside, you know, people like, um, you know, uh, Komen hates Puig for some reason, but Pedri is incredible. Um, a very talented player. And, you know, Depay has looked amazing since signing, you know, really yeah. you know, flourished since his time in the Premier League. You know, he was great at Lyon, great for the national team, great for Barca. I think where they do lack, though, now is they, you know, after Depay, who's, you know, you've got Usman Dembele, who's injured or out of form most times. They've lost Griezmann. Their next second options are players like Braithwaite, Young, and I don't know if that's good enough for getting out of a group or you know, you know certainly winning a knockout picture. So I still, you know, odds are they probably make it to the round of sixteen. I do think there's a scenario in which Benfica can really upset and you know get second in this group, scrape by. Uh, but I think that um, you're not. Uh, Sorry, Bayern are going to win this um, pretty handily. I think they are a great team. Lukaku, I mean, Lewandowski, I'm, I'm like all over the place. Lewandowski is still probably, you know, in the best striker in the world. Uh, and I think they're going to go through. Yeah, they played so well today against Leipzig. I, I, I also wouldn't be surprised. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I think Group B will be interesting. Group F is a bunch of, like, fun kind of teams to watch. I do like watching Villarreal. Um, uh, Atlanta is always a, a fun watch. And United. Seems like United are definitely the favorites. Young boys usually don't. The Swiss team doesn't usually uh, create too much of a fighting chance. But uh, I think, that, yeah, a rematch of the – two rematches of the Europa League final will be, will be fun. And hopefully an Atlanta team um, – can uh, come out with uh, an interesting result potentially, but I I, I see Man U and Villarreal clear, um, and I don't think Atlanta have had a tough start to the season, so I don't I don't think there'll be uh, too much competition. Um, so that's uh, yeah. That's where I, I think that group. What do you I think Atlanta have, have had a tough start to the season, but I also think that, in my opinion, that they are still better than. Um, better than Villarreal. Villarreal, I think, are a team that is uniquely poised to win one-off games. I don't think they're an especially good league team, and I don't think that they're an especially good group stage team. I think that they're very good at sort of seeing one game out at a time, and that yeah. translate well to a knockout format, but I still would probably pick Atalanta to go through ahead of them. Uh, you know, I think Gasparini is a genius, and they've, you know, they've struggled to start the season. They you know, tied Bologna. They lost to Juventus. Um, beating Torino and currently, as we recorded this, losing to uh, Fiorentina. But I think that they are a very talented team. I think Duban Zapata is great. Uh, and I think Gasparini is able to sort of work wonders with a very limited budget. Like, this is not a team uh, that is rich. This is not a team that can buy new players every year. Um, yeah. And I think that uh, you know, I'm optimistic that he can make something work. Okay. Um, 
Group G, Lille, RB Salzburg, Sevilla, Wolfsburg, another kind of no Titan group, but but Lille being winning the league last season will be definitely one to watch, as is Sevilla. And then, of course, you can tune in to another promising American youngster who has played well for the national team as well, and Brendan Aaron, Brendan Aronson. Did I get that right? Yeah. yeah. Aronson looked um, game. Uh, yeah. He's really exciting for Salzburg, and I'm very excited to see them back. Uh, Leal are, you know, won the title last year, but have their own financial difficulties, so really declined, I think. You know, they still have Jonathan David. They still have Barack Gilmaz. Uh, you know, Bomb, maybe not. So Bomb on the left, Zichi on the right, but they really, I think, lack a lot of it. I think keeping Renato Sanchez was a big move for them. I think there was probably... Yeah interest around Europe for him. I think he really brings something special to that team. Uh, I think they are going to have a very challenging, I think Sevilla look pretty good. Wolfsburg are very, are are a strange team. They are currently top of the Bundesliga. Bundesliga, Yeah. Um, They have played very well. Um, They've got Val Veghorst, the anti-vaxxer himself up front. Um, Yeah. They've got, that LaCroix kid is special. Yeah. The French center back they got is he's really good. They've got some very special players and but just like they don't have you know the star power that you would expect from a successful team in uh yeah from a successful team in uh, what, what am I trying to say? In the Champions League. So yeah. it's gonna be hard for them. I think that they're a team that sort of screams let Europa League run to me. But I think that on paper, at least, this is the most competitive group uh, between, I think there's, this is the group with the lowest base between the first and fourth teams, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I'm picking Sevilla to go through, uh, Lille second, Wolfsburg third, Red Bull Salzburg, uh, rounding the group up in last. Sweet. Well, that brings us to our last group with your boys. Um, and again, it's almost a tale of just two giants and two nobodies. Uh, I'm going to specifically shit on Zenit, but Malmo maybe have a chance. Uh, but what do you think? Chelsea's Chelsea and Juve pretty clear. What is this Juventus team you think like post Ronaldo uh, after a weird summer with just Locatelli really coming in? You got to look just like you know, going through their lineup today. You know, you have Chesney and goal, Pellegrini, Chiellini, Bonucci, Discicleo, Weston, McKinney, Locatelli, Rabio, Kulishevsky, Murata, and Bernadeschi. Does not scream Europe's best. And I think, you know, obviously they've got Dillett on the bench, came off the bench, Aaron Ramsey, Moise Keane, but they are not a very good team anymore. This is a team that really struggled you know, the tail end of last season. Ronaldo left, obviously. To Man United, they don't have, you know, a star attacker in a way that I think can consistently create great offense uh, in the way that Ronaldo did. I don't think Murado is the answer. So I think, you know, I think there's a chance that they get upset here. I think that there's a chance that they end up um, losing to Zenit or, you know, dropping points at Malmo. I still think they probably make it out of the group. I just think that, you know, they do have significantly more talent and Allegri is not a bad manager by any stretch of the you know, imagination. 
I think any result for Chelsea less than sort of walking through this group is a disappointing one, though. I think that they're the odds-on favorite and should play like it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so that wraps up the Champions League. Definitely going to be – there's definitely some fun games to watch. That starts uh, this Wednesday, um, or Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I think it's going to be – I mean, it's always a fascinating competition, but um, – I think there's, there's some good matchups and I think there's a lot of, again, uh, questions to be asked of Europe's uh, historic, not historic, but, you know, the, the, the quote unquote Titans that have, uh, you know, recently lost some of their key players. So that'll be fun to see how they bounce back and how um, some of these Premier League teams who, who do so well and are, are, you know, have such crazy lineups uh, fare against um, Europe's best. So we'll see. Um all right. Do you want to end with some, a couple, maybe like a top four prediction for the Prem? What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, let's do top four, bottom three. Okay, let's do it. All right. Uh, maybe top six. Let's do top six because I feel like top four is pretty clear, um, in my opinion. But all right. all right, you start. Give me your, give me your top six. Okay. Uh, winning the league, Chelsea. Diddy. Um, no shame. No shame. No shame. I, I I don't lie. I don't lie. I call it like it is. I call it like it is. Chelsea, City, United. Um, Liverpool, Leicester, Villa. Strong. I'll go... City, Chelsea, United, Liverpool. I think it's those top four. I don't think there's any anyone who's sneaking in there other than those four. Um, and then I'll go. I'll go West Ham, Leicester. Oh. So I'll do do that. That six. Um, and then my bottom three. It feels a little unfair because. What'd you say, Chess? No, I didn't catch that. and neither of ours. Oh yeah, no chance. I I I I don't think you know. I think today was like the start of the fall. I thought they had a good first few performances, but um I feel like Spurs are gonna be one of those teams where if they go down a goal, just like Arsenal, if they go down a goal first, it's over. Um because Nuno is so set up for just keeping that clean sheet essentially that once and I just how are we still trusting Eric Dyer? I'm sorry, I just can't believe he still starting for them um but uh so bottom three i'll go i'm gonna go norwich i'm gonna go norwich i'm gonna go norwich uh see it's hard because again before the season started like i probably would have said palace but like does their first of four games really indicate they're gonna stay up probably i'll, I'll go norwich watford and newcastle yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Norwich, Newcastle, and you know, actually I'm gonna stick with the bottom three right now. I you know every year I bet against Burnley and every year they prove me wrong, but I do think that their time has come. If you do it if you do it every year, you know, eventually. <laughs> Sometimes they're not gonna like, you know, I say that and I'm gonna die before they've been relegated. They're gonna, you know, be finishing fifteenth for the rest of time. It'll be Sean Dyche's head floating in like a chirogenic pit. Um, and they'll yeah. still be hanging on there. 
But you know, yeah. I uh, those will be my three. But I think I'm so excited for the season. I think it's going to be a great year. Um, the first one. What did you say? I wonder why. I said I wonder why you're so excited. Yeah, I'm but excited. And what Southeast London or South? Uh, yeah, Southeast London, Southwest London. Yeah, I say that, but at the same time, I think that they're, you know, fans back, great competition, you know, a great influx of talent into the Premier League. I think this is going to be a very exciting season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right. Uh, that seems like a, yeah, that seems like a good call from both of us. I hope Arsenal get top 10, but we'll see. Uh, can't, can't. Can't get everything you want. You know, you gotta you gotta take some losses. So yeah. Well, you know, Turner, thank you so much for joining on. And um, we'll do this again soon and we'll be able to break down more action and it will be great. This is uh I'm excited for the season. And Champions League's back. 